Tea sippers, I hope everybody's doing good. Welcome to another episode of Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea. And I got my girl, Emily, with me in the house. Emily, say what's up to the people. Hey, everybody. Hey, y'all. Chad, Emily got a new microphone, so you can't tell her nothing. No, you can't tell me anything at all. I feel so <laughs> fancy. I feel like I work at a, a radio place or something. A radio, oh. radio place, radio station. <laughs> I know that's right. So it is a lot going on right now, especially with this weather. Oh my goodness. It has been nuts in the discord. Um, for the past two weeks, people were being warned about extreme weather. I know myself, I had posted a message on December 8th and I was telling everybody, you know, Please start getting generators. I was even telling the newbies go into the prepper room because a lot of the power grids have been getting affected around the country. People are purposely sabotaging the power grids, shooting at them and all types of crazy stuff. So I was posting stuff in the prep room like, you know, in case you have no power, you're going to want a fully, you know, like a battery operated or something you can that's already plugged in and charged that you can use to keep going that can sustain you for the next day, two, three days until the power comes back. Mm -hmm. And then the following week, we hear about this huge storm that's coming. So on December 18th, I had posted in the weather room, I said, happy Sunday. I hope you all are bracing yourselves. Have your backup generators. This could bring down some of the grids. Many states are about to experience a horrible, a horrible cold freeze that they have not seen since the 80s. So there was a lot of warning. Little old me was even saying stuff on my YouTube live. Make sure you guys have generators. There's a big storm coming. Um, Ryan Hall, y'all, he was talking about the weather. Tons of prepper channels were, news channels were. But a lot of people just either were not paying attention got complacent, or just didn't have the means. But what happened in Buffalo and in a lot of cities right now is just really, really heartbreaking and sad. So what yeah. we're going to do is go ahead and watch some videos first. So we're going to watch some videos, some news clips about the things that are going on, not just in Buffalo, but around the country, because I want people to be really aware of this stuff, um, because it could save your life. Like, we, we can't play anymore of these games. Like there are real people dying in real situations that could possibly be prevented. So let's go ahead and start with this video here. 57 people. It is still scary and dangerous out there with rescue crews in the Northeast focusing on clearing piles of snow that trapped people in their homes and cars. You've got the National Weather Service now warning of dangerously cold temperatures along with intense wind chills. And that all might mean trouble for anybody still trying to fly this week. Forecasters say a lot of the eastern U.S. is going to be in a deep freeze throughout tonight. You see it there on the map. Temperatures are set to rebound tomorrow, but this storm has been deadly in 13 states, from Colorado to New York, where people killed have been found in their cars, even in snowbanks. And that was the case in western New York, a kind of ground zero for this winter catastrophe. 
Look at this. Look at some of these images you're seeing here, right? That is a house completely encased in snow. The New York governor calling this an all-hands-on-deck situation today. In Buffalo, you can see all the cars abandoned on the roads. People just left them. The area just paralyzed to the point where even some of the rescue crews needed rescuing. And then you got some people apparently trying to take advantage of the situation. Look at this video of somebody breaking into a liquor store and robbing it right at the height of the storm on Christmas Eve. The Buffalo mayor saying these people are the lowest of the low. Dasha Burns is joining us now from New York. Dasha, um, the number of people killed by the storm just in New York alone is up to more than two dozen, 27 people at least. There's still a driving ban. You cannot get out and drive on the road in some parts of the state even though right now, right, the snow has stopped, people do need to get out. They've got to get their medication, go get to the doctor, whatever it is. Walk us through the landscape at this point. Well, Hallie, that's a tough balance to strike, right? People need to get out, but at the same time, there is really urgent work that needs to be done by these rescue workers, and that is why authorities are so serious about this travel ban. Now, there is a hotline you can call and let me underscore, it is for emergencies only. Emergencies, meaning if you need uh, urgent dialysis treatment, if you need life-saving medication, rescue workers can get that to you if you call uh, the hotline. But otherwise, uh, authorities are pleading in most of Erie County, especially that Buffalo area, to stay inside, stay off the roads, because there are still people trapped in cars, people that are uh, trapped in homes that really need uh, help urgently. And if people are on the roads, that's really hampering those efforts, because because not only do you have folks driving around that shouldn't be, but you've got abandoned cars, like you mentioned. You have down power lines. You still have areas that are impassable. And you've got a lot of folks without power right now as well. And workers are trying to restore that power as quickly as possible, plowing the areas that need to be plowed, that uh, workers need to get access to. So there is a massive effort happening right now. But people really need to try to hunker down, again, unless you have one of those emergencies where you can call right. uh, the hotline in the Erie area, but otherwise, stay home. Let folks get that that really urgent stuff done uh, and, and dig out from under this mess. Hallie. Okay, so now I'm going to go ahead and um, share with you the situation that went down with this young nurse. She's 22 years old, originally from Charlotte, North Carolina, but she moved to Buffalo, New York. So let's go ahead and listen to her story. We had posted it earlier on Instagram as well. Over the weekend, during this blizzard in western New York alone, that includes a young woman who grew up in Charlotte. WCNC Charlotte's Jesse Pierre talking with the family of 22-year-old Andel Taylor. As you can imagine, they are devastated. Andel was getting off work Friday when she got stuck in the snow. Her family say she made several calls for help, but nothing. The next day, she was found, but it was too late. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's like I, I want to wake up from this dream, you know. She was just 
so sweet. A Charlotte family mourning the loss of Endell Taylor, a nursing assistant who was trapped in the winter storm after work Friday afternoon in Buffalo, New York. And then around 12, she texts us the last video um, saying that the snow was basically by her stomach. That was the last time Tamisha Brown says she heard from her sister. She was in a position where she was comfortable inside the car when they saw her body. She had on scrubs and Crocs. She didn't have a coat on, so she didn't freeze. Loved ones described Endell as a protector and a caregiver who moved to New York to go to school and help her dad. She went all the way to Buffalo to take care of her father. And no one was there as far as the rescue people to, to help her. Her family in New York say they did all they could to get to Andel, but couldn't make it through all of the snow. Her body was found by a stranger Saturday night. She was brave. She was loyal. She was always there. Anything we needed. If, if, if sister had it, we could always depend on her. So it's really hard for us, like really hard. She was the youngest one, but she, she had the oldest soul. Andel's family say the same stranger who found her had a truck, drove them to her so that they could bring Endel to the hospital. Endel would have been 23 next month. In Southwest Charlotte, Jesse Pierre, WCNC Charlotte. All right, and we have one more video here. Flooded floors now frozen at the Wade Park Apartments on Cleveland's east side. It was just flooding everywhere. Water was flooding from everywhere. They said the pipes had busted. Slick floors in the main lobby hallways and right outside apartment doors. Well, what about the people that's elderly that's not functional? Like, how can you get around all this? Richard Pinson took us inside his apartment where water was dripping everywhere in his bathroom, kitchen, living room, and bedroom. He's one of many residents who told us they are frustrated, saying the Cuyahoga Metropolitan Housing Authority isn't addressing the problem at their property that they started on Friday. I feel like it should be flooded with people over here that's trying to resolve the problem. Residents spending Christmas Day without heat, some saying they had to use their appliances to stay warm, knowing it's dangerous, but left helpless. Survival tactics, you know, trying to keep warm, you know, while we're in here. That's all we can do. The many issues causing safety concerns. Tenants telling 3 News they kept calling management, but no one is getting back to them and nothing is being done. It's a big property. It's a lot of people in here and it's, it's a lot of people up under CMHA safety. They roof that they, they need to be concerned about in times like this. All right. So mm -hmm. that is what's going on. It is a mess. What do you think about all of this, Emily? It's just really a flood of emotions because I see the the young girl who passed away and that is just heartbreaking seeing her family break down and cry. It makes me emotional just watching that. Um, and then you see the, the next video of the people in the apartments and it makes you so angry, I guess, like frustrated because I understand like there's only so much people can do, but also at the same time, why is not more being done? I know sometimes it's a matter of getting things out. That's a really big apartment complex. And I know that you can prepare for certain things. But then also sometimes if you don't have electricity, if you have no way to, I don't even know how you would, I guess you could work a generator there. I don't know. But it, it's just a flood of emotions that come through frustration. Um, it's very, uh, not irony, but it, it's just a, a lot of different emotions. <laughs> yeah. You know, the thing that's really, 
sad. Like I remember two years ago, right? Or was it a year ago? Me and Jana, Lady J, we had did the video. We did a podcast about the whole storm, the winter storm in Texas. Mm-hmm. How, you know, everybody's pipes were breaking and, you know, things were flooding. And yeah. we were giving advice. Like, you know, people have to really start preparing and taking things seriously. And we were accused by so many people at that time of prep shaming. I didn't even oh, know. Oh, yeah, I remember that. that. Remember that? I didn't even I know, didn't know either. That was. <laughs> I'm like, we're prep shaming because we're telling people that you have to, you got to understand they're not coming to save you. Exactly. They're not. Nobody is going to come and help you if your car is abandoned on the side of the road. If you're lucky, you might have good Samaritans. But if you're depending on the city, on the government in any way, shape or form, they are not going to come and help you. No. And that's what we're trying to get people to realize that you can't, you know, if if it comes to you buying the latest outfit or the latest pair of Jordans or the handbag, that same money that you would spend on that item, also spend it on preparedness stuff. Get mm-hmm. a generator. Yes, it may cost a few hundred dollars. Yes, you're not going to need it every day. But, you know, you know it's there. You test it every few months to make sure it's working. Because, again, it's just like insurance in case you need it. You know yeah. it's there. It's very and, valuable. Yeah, exactly. And it's like people were getting so offended. And, it, you know, so after that, I was like, I'm done. You know, I'm not you know, talk my prep stuff to the public no more. I'll just keep it in the discord. And that's what we do in there. We talk about a lot of stuff like this, you know, preparedness, growing food, all types of things to help edify people. Because at this point, like we're saying, nobody's coming to help you. And people need to understand that these weather phenomenons are going to get worse and worse. Yes, it most definitely. I remember, um, Not this winter that had just passed, but I guess we're technically in winter now, but last year. So it was technically last winter. That was when we, um, my work was closed for like a week. Everybody was snowed in. We had uh, an obnoxious amount of snow. There was rolling blackouts that just a lot of Southern state. Well, I'll just speak of where I'm at, but we're not used to getting a lot of snow here. If you get a half inch snow, typically everything's shut down for the day. There's just not a lot of infrastructure. They don't prepare the roads. A lot of the homes aren't built for extreme cold temperatures and things like that. So Mm -hmm. that was like this huge ordeal. And I remember them being like, Oh, this is a once in a blah, blah thing. And then now here we are a year later and we're at record low temperatures. I can't remember the last time that it was two degrees in Memphis. And that is very, very cold here. Most people are not mm-hmm. used to those type of temperatures. Their homes aren't used to those temperatures. They don't know, you know, leave your faucets running, leave a drip, stuff like that. They do rolling blackouts. Um, there's a lot of stuff that happens. People lose power. They have no access to heat. They don't have access to roads. All the stores are closed. Right now, we're still under a boil warning. A lot of people are being told to only use water for essential needs. So if you don't have, it's very difficult right now to find bottled water. Mm. It's sold out everywhere because people didn't prepare. And now everybody's running and going to buy it. And then, of course, you know, they're stockpiling it and they're price gouging. And it's just a bunch of nonsense or excuse me, nonsense. But nonetheless, a lot of people weren't prepared. And then the few people that are trying to just get out and get it can't because it's just gone. Yeah. And that's very interesting that you said that because during that winter, the one where they had the big Texas freeze, they Mm -hmm. caught that a once in a generation because, you know, that was 
you know, the grids were freezing and power lines were coming down. And then it's very interesting that this same storm, when they were first reporting on it six, seven days ago, they were saying that it's a once in a generation winter storm. Yeah, I'm not buying that. <laughs> yeah. And over and they were saying it six days ago, 280 million Americans are under a winter watch. And that winter watch started here in Minnesota um, and it kind of just spread all through the Midwest. But I was shocked because most of the people in the Telegraph group are like in the South. So mm -hmm. when you guys were like in just the single digits, that's shocking because that's Minnesota weather typically, you know, yeah. so while y'all are at two, <laughs> I'm up here like negative 10 degrees, you know? Yeah, that's cold. And I even most people, even outside of just like us not being, I'm very congested right now. If you can't tell, I got a runny nose. Most people are sick. A lot of colds, a lot of viruses, stuff like that are going around because people are not used to this extremely cold weather like to mm -hmm. us if it's 20 degrees that's freezing that's cold we ain't you know it happens that's winter weather to us but i mean last year around this time i want to say it was 60 degrees so mm. you know it does get cold down here but once you you get into the single digits just we don't have the infrastructure for that and another thing that confuses me is these rolling blackouts i mean i, I get why they say, but maybe there's something I'm missing. I don't understand the point in them. If there's thousands of people already without power from like damage from power lines and stuff, why are they doing the rolling blackouts? Usually why they're doing the rolling blackouts is to basically conserve energy. Once they fix it, then they might let the other neighborhood, like in another section of town, allow them to use power for a while. Then they'll turn it off and then allow another neighborhood to use that power for a while. So that's why they call them rolling blackouts, because sometimes it's blackouts that they control just so the grid doesn't get so overwhelmed that everybody loses power and then nobody can have anything. OK, so whenever there are, you know, because this is something I've always wondered because here we get roll. If it gets really cold, usually rolling blackouts are a pretty common thing. So I'm like, there's so many businesses that are closed right now. And then there's already people that have lost power just from damage. So I'm like, who are the people that's using more power to where they need to preserve the energy? Yeah, they're going to be able. That. Yeah, they, they determine that. And that's the thing right now. The the grid right now is under so much stress anyways. It's all right. falling apart. You know, then you have these lunatics that are purposely shooting, you know what I'm saying, these grids and these um, transformer stations. I mean, it's really scary. Like these power stations have been under attack for literally the whole month of December. Because I know when I started reporting on it on Discord, that was on the 8th of December. And since then, it's like every other week, some power station is getting shot up. Nobody knows who's doing it. That none of them have been arrested. But then they'll be like, oh, 17,000 families are without any power in, you know, Seattle, Washington. I'm just throwing out a name. Mm -hmm. But it's been so many different cities that are now um, dealing with these power outages on top of it being natural power outages from like storms and stuff like that. New attacks highlighting the vulnerability of the U.S. power grid. On Sunday, Christmas Day, three power stations in Washington state were broken into, two of them vandalized. As a result, Tacoma Public Utilities and Puget Sound Energy reported 14,000 customers were left in the dark. Officials posting a message urging customers to report outages. You think nothing of when you turn on a light switch, but whenever you haven't had power for a few days and you turn on a light switch, it's, it, it means it's just everything. 
The attacks come after at least five power substations were reportedly attacked in Washington and Oregon last month. And we have confirmed that this was malicious intent. This was no accident. And two more in North Carolina earlier this month. The targeted shootings at power substations left entire towns in Moore County without power for days. The local sheriff saying Duke Energy crews saw someone shooting from a vehicle near a power plant, then speeding off. Shell casings at the two sites recovered. Search warrants issued in the case, but it wasn't clear if they were for a person or people in the area. Ever investigator working on this case, state, local, and federal, know what you want, and that's answers. Many substations are vulnerable because they're in remote areas and are mostly unattended. As for the Washington state attacks on Christmas Day, a statement from the Pierce County Sheriff says deputies are conducting the initial investigation. We do not have any suspects in custody. It is unknown if there are any motives or if this was a coordinated attack on the power systems. One former regulator said he can't recall another month with as many physical threats made to the U.S. electric grid. And a recent Homeland Security bulletin warned that domestic extremists have been developing plans to disrupt the grid since at least 2020. So today's show sponsor is Dipsy. Self-care has always been on the top of the mind for me. But in between meditation sessions, trips to the yoga studio or the nail salon, how often are you taking care of all your needs? Transport your mind into a world where you can relax and treat yourself with your deepest desires. With Dipsy, self-care has never sounded better. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Find stories about an intriguing coworker with a British accent or hooking up with a hot young yoga instructor. For listeners of my show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash sipslow. Once again, all you have to do is go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash sipslow. That's S-I-P-S-L-O-W. So if you want to explore your fantasies, make sure you check them out. And then on top of that, they're dealing with cold temperatures. So this is what people really need to understand. Um, you you got to start taking this stuff seriously. And I don't care what season it is. And so many times people dismiss things like, well, I live down south, so I don't have to worry about ice and snow. Exactly. But now we're seeing the way this this temperature and these weather patterns are acting up. You're going to have to worry about it. No different than people up north thinking, oh, I don't have to worry about the heat. We live up north. Well, now we're starting to experience huge heat waves up north during the summertime that we never experienced before. You know, and that's why I feel like some of this could be attributed to harp. Call me mm-hmm. a conspiracy theorist, but I do with like, you. You know what I mean? That somebody is playing, you know what I'm saying, God with the weather because some of this stuff doesn't make sense. And it's very eerie how I'm looking at Buffalo, New York, and they literally look like the day after tomorrow, the movie. Yes, and which is an amazing movie, by the way. Um, right. uh, <laughs> I love that movie, but it's every time it seems like as the years progress, we're always like hearing about these crazy weather phenomenons that are like a once in a lifetime thing, whether it be floods, freezing cold temperatures, record highs. I mean, it's been, uh, this past summer was very brutal. And Mm -hmm. um, you can only get your home so cool on the inside. You can only warm your homes up so much 
on the inside, once you're exposed to certain elements, if the weather is so cold outside, it's not like you're just going to be comfy, cozy inside. I mean, especially depending on the type of insulation and stuff like that, how old the home is. So I think a lot of people definitely do need to be mindful, even regardless of where you live. It could be 70 degrees year round. I mean, think of California. Don't they have like a lot of fires and stuff like that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you're really not safe anywhere, whether it's hurricanes, no. fires, ice, whatever. But definitely be prepared. At least have backup water. Um, generators can be a little pricey around this time of year is where you typically can't find a lot of them. A lot of people, you know, panic buy and stuff like that. So maybe you can mm -hmm. find them a little bit cheaper in the summer or spring sales, whatever. Maybe you and some of your family members can all throw in on it. But generators, I do think, are a must regardless of where you live. Yeah, and the thing is you don't have to get those you know, like the gas power generators, like everybody knows I have a phobia of gas and CO2. Um, mm -hmm. And that stems from one of my cousins dying from CO2 in a car. Mm -hmm. So I have a big issue with gas, even with our gas snowblower. I, it's caused me so much anxiety. I'm going to sell it. And I went and got one that you can just charge. I got a chargeable snowblower. <laughs> Don't ask me who invented it, but thank God they did. Cause I was able to get up out my driveway cause of all this snow, but I just, me and gas don't really get along. I have a lot of fear of gas, but, um, you know, see, so, so there are generators you can get that don't necessarily have to be gas powered generators. Um, the one I have is electrical power. So you charge it up and it's good to go. It can last you upwards of a week, two weeks. You know, it's pretty big, you know, it wasn't cheap, but it was a good buy. I'd rather have something that big and it's powerful enough to keep your refrigerator running you know, you mm -hmm. can, uh, you know how you have those little portable cooktops? Yeah. You can plug those in, laptops, because we've dealt with rolling blackouts here in my neighborhood, you know, where we've been in blackouts, you know, several times throughout the summer. And, you know, the generator's here and I'm able to still work and, you know, edit videos and do what I need to do. And you would never know that we didn't have any power here. You know, so it's just about being prepared. And there's even cheaper ones. You don't have to spend a thousand dollars. I've seen some as cheap as two hundred dollars. There's even yeah, definitely. Time, yeah, there's even like those uh battery packs, because I keep a lot of those, especially when I go out of town, um, where you can plug it in and you can get power from these portable battery packs. And they have good size ones and they're not that bad, but you're gonna want to have something that's portable that once you charge it, you can, you know, get power from it in the event everything else goes. Because the whole point of this is to stay alive as long as you can. Mm -hmm. So if you have some type of external battery pack that can keep a space heater running for the next day or two, that's an extra day or two alive, you know? So that's yeah. how people have to like really think. And a lot of stuff is is also about preventative measures. So Everybody in the South really needs to understand that frozen pipes, y'all's infrastructure in the South, the houses, I don't care how new your house is, um, unless, unless they have it where they have to do certain measures, they're not going to, they're not, basically, they're not going to winterize a Southern house. You get what mm -hmm. I'm saying? It's a waste of money. They're not, you know what I mean? You're, they it's don't not even Minnesota. prep the streets here. I have, and you know, maybe as long as I have lived here mm -hmm. and this is, you know, Memphis is a pretty big city. So maybe I missed it at some point in time, but as long as I have lived here, I have never once seen 
um, vehicles out salting the roads or doing anything that I notice, like, you know, maybe places that are used to cold weather. I'm like, why don't they do that? Y'all know that this is coming through. But then, you know, a nice ice storm comes through and I'm driving down the road and I hit a damn pothole and it makes my damn airbags deploy. Mm. They, they don't attend to the roads. They don't they don't prepare. And maybe it's something I miss, but I've never once seen any type of preparation, any salt, anything, you know, prior to a storm. But I will say, just to give some people a little bit of wiggle room, because I'm the same way. Usually if they're like, oh, we're about to get snow. A lot of people here are like, bullshit. I'll believe it when I see it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot recently, you know, I had gotten like that. But now I they say it's going to snow. I'm like, oh, hell, it's going to snow because it's not uncommon especially after what we went through uh last year yeah no and that's a good point and i think that's what happened with a lot of people in buffalo i know um there's a young gentleman in discord he's a student and like my heart was heartbroken when i seen the pictures he was posting they literally could not even shut their dorm room doors remember i was showing you those pictures it was just snow and ice the main door to come into their dorm and so it's all this cold wind at like 30 40 miles an hour and snow blowing into their dorm and going underneath their their um doors and it was just crazy but i know there was a few people i talked to in buffalo and they were saying that a lot of people weren't prepared because they're used to getting winter storms right Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when you're used to something, it's kind of like I call the Hurricane Katrina effect because people in New Orleans, they're used to hurricanes. You know, you live down south. That's just a part of life down south, especially when you live by the water. Mm -hmm. So everybody's used to certain weather. So you never think it's going to be that bad. And that's what a lot of people thought in Buffalo. Well, hell, we get snow all the time. It's not going to be that bad. And this ended up being the worst they have ever seen. So a lot of people, like you said, they'll they'll hear these warnings but it's like in one ear not the other and another thing that really made this really detrimental was the timing of everything think about it this is around the christmas holiday yeah so you have people who are trying to go out they're trying to do last christmas shopping last minute christmas shopping visit family members they're trying to go on the road to go see grandma you know bring their little nieces and nephews so a lot of people were kind of putting the storm in the back of their mind because they were focused on the christmas holiday i mean you figure for the past two years a lot of folks didn't get a chance to be with their families so anytime we can take advantage of that we do that's why i feel like sometimes some of this stuff could be you know, geoengineered because the timing of it, you know, there was more people on the roads because they were coming from Christmas shopping and, you know, trying to go see people. And it's unfortunate. A lot of people just did not take heed. But one thing I want to really stress to people, especially with what happened with that young girl, Andel, I believe that was her name, the one that died in the car. Um, What I was explaining to people is the same way you have to prepare for stuff in your home. Nowadays, you also need to have preparedness in your vehicles. So for me, when I was seeing all that flooding that was going on in New York, remember uh, when we had the Discord meeting, bunch of like people like Mm -hmm. in New York that were dealing with flooding and people were dying in their basements this past summer. Oh, yeah, Um, that was horrible. It was horrible, like all there on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And for somebody like me, I don't know how to swim. So I keep a life preserver in my trunk, in my car. Um, so in the event, 
if flooding ever happens, we don't get flooding here usually, but you just never know. My son laughs, but I'm like, you never know. He's like, yeah, the Mississippi's going to flood your home. Like, you never know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, it might not be flood, now. but you never know. And you I think that's even know. that's even good for people who don't know how, or for people who do know how to swim, because you can mm -hmm. only tread water for so long. You can only yeah. swim for so long. So mm -hmm. it is good to have things like that. I mean, we live right by the Mississippi River, so you never know. We've been never to that extent, but there has been pretty bad flooding here. And you never know. You can swerve mm -hmm. off the road into a pond or something. Yeah, you know. anything, you know. So I, I keep that. Also, blankets. Blankets are very, very, very important. And I know a lot of times in the South, people don't really think to put blankets in their car because it's warm. But up here, up north, I don't play that. I keep several blankets in my car. Now, there's different types you can have. You can have just a regular thick blanket, you know, because something is better than nothing. They also have the kind that you can plug into your, um, you know, little port when you go to charge your phone and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. A cigarette port. I don't know if that what that's called that you plug in when you. Oh need to yeah, charge. I don't even know what they call those now no, because they, they don't put lighters in. Yeah, the lighter port. Yeah, that's what yeah. they were called. But it, it was. Day. Yeah, it was. So you, they have some. They have blankets with those ports that you can put in there, and then it's an electric blanket that can keep you warm. You know, as long as your car is on, you can. That's extra heat. Also, um, I keep emergency Mylar blankets in my car and I keep them in the dash and they, the Mylar is almost like uh, the foil. It's like fake aluminum foil, mm -hmm. like on balloons. And when you pull it out, it helps to conserve heat, body yeah, heat. Yeah, they're like insulated, right? Mm -hmm. It's an insulator. So I also have that in my car. So those are just things you can use. Now, another thing I will say, do you notice in that news story, they said that she didn't freeze to death. Yes. And I didn't, I will, I didn't know anything about a snowdrift until you told me what mm -hmm. that was. And that had never dawned on me of that, mm -hmm. you know, of how that could actually happen. Yeah. I had to make a quick video on, on discord about it because I, it's, you know, it's kind of a bit to explain because somebody was like, well, she didn't freeze. How did she die? How did she die? And so for y'all who don't know, especially if you live down South, um, and she came from North Carolina, so not a particularly cold place. So she may have just not realized it. What happens is when you get these huge blizzard-like conditions where it's causing snowdrifts, snowdrifts can become so big that your car gets enveloped in the snow. And so when she was saying that the snow was literally um, to her window, to her waist, that is how high the snow was. And what happens is that snow starts to compact. And it starts going up the car's tailpipe. So as she's in there, that tailpipe is steadily getting pushed in with snow. The snow is steadily packing the tailpipe. And what ends up happening is that carbon monoxide, CO2, instead of it being ejected from the tailpipe, it's now reversing and going into the car. One of the last things her sister said that she told them is that she was getting tired and she was just going to, you know, take a nap. And then, you know, when she wakes up, she'll go walking and looking for help. The reason why she was getting tired is because unbeknownst to her, she's breathing in CO2. CO2 is odorless and it's tasteless. So she's not smelling or knowing anything, but because I understand the dynamics of what's going on, that tailpipe is getting so, you know, getting stuck with snow. Mm -hmm. And so she's breathing this in. 
She's going to sleep. It's a silent killer. So she went to sleep to never wake up. So that is why they said she didn't freeze to death. She died from CO2. I don't know if they realize that yet, but that's what killed her is the CO2. So a lot of those cars, because if you notice in the video, in her last video, you can see a truck that was in that last video shot. A lot of those cars on the freeway that got caught in those drifts, those people most likely died from CO2 than even being frozen to death. So that, you know, once her car eventually shuts off, because, you know, she only had so much gas, once the car eventually shuts off, then the body ends up freezing. But what kills you first is the CO2. So if you find yourself in a snowstorm and, you you know, it's starting to compile and, you know, the snow starting to rise, you want to try your best to get out the car, clean your tailpipe out, make like a little pathway. So that way the tailpipe cannot get compacted. You want to make a little pathway to get, so that way the CO2 can come out the tailpipe and you want to crack your window down. Granted, it's freezing cold, but you want to crack your window down because in the event that CO2 is creeping in your car, it's going to escape through the window. That is why it's a must that you must have blankets and things like that to keep you warm. They were saying that she was in her car and she didn't even have on a jacket. She just had on her scrubs. So that's most likely why she kept her window rolled up after she was showing her family how high the snow was. So, you know, it's really sad um, what happened to her, especially her being a nurse. And, you know, that's a, a job where you're so giving of yourself. It's just extremely sad. But people need to understand because, you know, even her family was saying that they were trying to call 911 and nobody was coming there to rescue her. You're not going to be rescued in those type of conditions. One, you can't even see in front of you when you're in the car, when you're in the ambulance. They can't even get anywhere safely. Two, your car is literally going to disappear in that snowdrift. You're not going to be able to see any bit of anybody's car until that snow starts coming off or melting. So it's very rare that you'll get rescued from that situation. That's why you have to understand. You have to prepare. You have to have things in your car. So, um, you know, just to try and help protect yourself. But I wanted people to understand that that's how most of these deaths in cars came about was from CO2. There was a was. There any like CO2 deaths uh, during all this? Well, I know whenever, you know, all this stuff happened in Texas, a lot of people weren't aware that you couldn't bring, you know, charcoal grills mm -hmm. and things like that inside their house. So definitely uh, make sure. And, and and they're not even that expensive, like CO2, CO2 detectors in your home. You yeah. never know. It, and that's not even too. right. And, and that's mm -hmm. not even like just for uh, inclement weather, just on anything. You never know. These units sometimes can mess up. A, a lot of mm -hmm. people might run off gas heaters or um, AC units and stuff like that. Uh, just a little tip I learned because um, this is what my dad does for a living. We were looking at houses a while back. I mean, it was several years ago. But we went into this house and I was like, dang, I guess they're really, you know, trying to be real careful because I noticed there was like a million CO2 detectors everywhere. He was like, do not go out by that house. There's something wrong. There's no reason for someone to have 20 CO2 detectors throughout the house, you know, like they're mm. like the little ones or whatever. So just a, a little tip if you're ever looking for a home and you notice an obnoxious amount of those, sometimes that's a red flag. And also for those, you know, me and T are plant moms, but if you have yes. plants, um, your plants are usually going to tell you a lot about the environment around you. If it's too cold, whatever. If you have a plant that just drops dead immediately, 
like, and you're like, what happened? You know, not always, but just in some cases, you know, always follow your intuition. But if you have a bad CO2 leak, it'll immediately kill a plant. Like, I mean, immediately snap your fingers. It's dead. It's crazy. I've seen it before. It's wild. But anyways, um, if you have plants, you know, sometimes check your plants. They'll tell you more about the environment than you realize. Yeah, definitely. And also the mobile CO2s, the kinds that you, they have some that you can plug in. They have some that are battery operated. Those are good too, if you go out of town a lot. So oh, if you're yeah, in Airbnbs, hotels, um, I keep one in my backpack. So, you know, you just never know, you know, yes, Airbnbs should come with CO2 detectors, but you don't know if it's really going to work, you know, yeah. they might not even have batteries in them. Yeah. They might not even have a battery. So it's always good to have that with you and plug it in and, you know, make sure everything's safe. And if it goes off, then, you know, call them and be like, Hey, my CO2 detector keeps going off. I need a refund. Cause this, mm -hmm. I'm not sleeping here. That's right. You know? But yeah, it's very scary because it can just be the littlest things just like heating your house with the stove. You have to be really careful on doing that as well. Um, and it's sad because those people that are in their apartments that have flooded and everything, you know, it's freezing. So it's like people feel like they have no other choice. So, yeah, you just want to be really careful of, of gas and heating things up. Because I know quite a few families, unfortunately, passed away in Texas during that big freeze because they were trying to heat up their homes, you know, with um, with ovens and stuff like that. Um, another thing as far as prevention especially if you're in the South. Cause like I said, a lot of our homes for the most part are winterized. We mm -hmm. deal with frozen pipes up here, but not as bad as the South. Um, you guys uh, get yeah. a lot easier. They have to put certain things around our piping um, to withstand the cold in Minnesota. Even like for like my lawn care, I usually blow out my sprinklers no later than mid October. We have to blow our sprinkler systems out. So that way those pipes don't freeze um, mm -hmm. throughout the winter. Um, so that's a big thing here. You'll see the sprinkler blower people, you know, getting a little $75 check, honey, going okay. from house to house. You know, I've never heard of that. That's, we yeah. just, yeah, it's here, a okay, okay, <laughs> that's good. Well, you, that's cool. Okay, here, um, sure. we have our like little faucet, you know, that you hook your hose up to or whatever, your little faucet. So then when it gets cold, you know, you put your little insulation things around them or whatever. But, you know, that's about it. Maybe, you know, we don't really have like a whole sprinkler system in at my house. But I didn't know that about the the sprinkler blowers. That's interesting. Yeah. Yep. They blow. Okay. And then it's, and you'll just see like this whole seal. It's really pretty. You'll see like this whole seal water just in your front and backyard. And it's just spraying water everywhere. And then, you know, that's it for the winter. Okay. Um, and then, you know, they go on. It takes like maybe 20, 30 minutes and they make their quick 75 bucks and go to house to house. But I'm here for them. Yeah. But um, that's what's as up. far as, yeah, as far as in your home, um, you don't necessarily want to just run your water. Because then again, then you're dealing with a bunch of, you know, a sky high water bill. Mm -hmm. But you do, one of the ways you can prevent frozen pipes is to just let it trickle. You know, you don't have to let it run full blast the whole night, but let it trickle um, at any water source in your home. So bathroom, kitchen, things like that, just so that water is always running and it doesn't have, um, it's not sitting there where it can freeze. So that's one way. Another thing you want to do is to open up all of your cabinet doors. So like your kitchen, 
uh, cabinets where your piping is for your sink, you want to open that. Your bathroom cabinets where the piping is for the sink, laundry room cabinets, wherever you have a water source in your home. So if you have a laundry room, if you have, you know, the kitchen, the bathroom, anywhere where you wash your hands or there's a water source, open up the cabinetry. So that way the warmth from the house can go into the cabinets. Because when you have the cabinet door shut, that's insulating the cold, right? Mm -hmm. Another thing, you know, child, I'm the queen of space heaters. I have every, me and Emily was talking about this the other day. Yeah. I like own every space heater you could think. Like all around my house, there's a space heater literally in every room. But that is for a reason. Um, and you can get small space heaters. You know, I have infrareds. I have big ones, little ones. I have like little small mini ones that I keep like on my bathroom counter, things like that. Um, you can get the mini, uh, the mini space heaters that oscillate, that move around the room where they spin around. And all you have to do is just put them underneath the cabinetry where your sinks are. Mm -hmm. And that heat from there, right, is going to keep that area warm. Because the thing is, you rather spend, I always say, have enough space heaters for however many rooms you have sinks. So if you have three bathrooms, have three space heaters. If you have, you know, one bathroom, you know, have one for the bathroom in the kitchen. You know what I mean? So yeah. sometimes you might need to buy 10 space heaters, whatever, right? You can get space heaters, especially like the mini ones. You can get them as cheap as 20 bucks. For me, it makes sense to have enough space heaters to heat up any given room or piping situation. Because if your pipes burst, you're That's looking a bill, at minimum, minimum 20 grand. Yes, it's very minimum. expensive. And some, in some cases, extreme cases, it's even condemned homes to where the, mm -hmm. the house was done with. The amount of mold and things like that yep. that can set in. Um, luckily, it wasn't to the extreme that you were talking about, but we were in a rental house a while back. And we kind of learned the hard way. It wasn't extreme. Uh, luckily, one of my husband's friends is a plumber. But we were like, why isn't the water turning on? And we had he told us, instructed us to do exactly what you said. He was mm -hmm. like, get a space heater, open up the cabinets, make sure mm -hmm. it gets, you know, some air, turn it on. And then eventually the the thing outside, just water started spewing everywhere. So luckily it did not bust. Um, it was a rental home, but it still would have been a pain in the ass. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's very, very expensive. And like you were saying, it getting those space heaters might kind of seem like an inconvenience, but a lot of times it's not only rolling blackouts. A lot of times the waters, the water system can get cut off. A lot of people, I remember, uh, last bad snowstorm we had, they were, you know, going to families trying to figure out, okay, do we need to go where there's electricity or do we need to go where there's water? So sometimes you don't have the luxury of allowing your water to drip. So if you have those space heaters mm -hmm. and opening the cabinets and those extra precautions, it can save you an extreme amount of money, a headache you don't want to deal with. Yeah, because some of those videos that people were posting um, in Atlanta with those apartments, those people posting all over on Twitter and TikTok, it was sad. And even the students at the dorm in Buffalo, you know, because a lot of those pipes bursted and some of those kids had to go room with other kids. So, yeah, it, it is a huge headache. It's going to take a long while to clean up that mess. It can cause mold. So the main thing for these pipes is prevention. So if you're living in the South, you definitely should be taking heed when it comes to piping issues. Because like I said, we can have them up here too up North, but for the most part, um, because of the infrastructure here is a little bit better built for winter, 
we don't experience it as much. Not saying that you can't, but not it's not as frequent. You're going to mainly find that in the South mm-hmm. because a lot of stuff is not winterized. So you want to make sure um, that you're either letting your water, you know, drip run, um, opening up your cabinets, running space heaters near there, get the kind that oscillate. So that way, not only is it warming up the entire room or the entire area, it's also oscillating into the cabin tree. So that's why I usually get space heaters that, you know, oscillate. Oh, yeah. Just, and, um, and be careful mm-hmm. drinking that water. I know a lot of people like I was surprised because uh, I work at a salon. So last night, I mean, it was just a horde of people that came through and they were just they were wanting to get their hair washed uh, or shampooed out or whatever, mm-hmm. um, because they're saying, you know, non-essential use your water for like non-essential things and stuff like that. Um I know a lot of people don't take it seriously, but do if it, if you're under a boil warning, do not take any chances because God knows what's in that water. I've boiled it before and the stuff that I've seen come out of it was just insane. I've ran it through like coffee runners and things like that or um, mm-hmm. like coffee pots. It, it's gross. There's like black chunks of stuff. It, it's it's disgusting. So definitely don't drink the water if you're under any type of boil warning, which I know most people are probably thinking, duh, but you would be surprised how many people it's like, ah, it ain't that big of a deal. It, it, try not to use it if you don't have to. I won't even give it to my dog because it's, it, God knows what it is, but it's. Uh, you Between you and Malachi, y'all stay under a boil, war- war- uh, boil warning. Yes, yes. Well, you know, Mississippi. Right. Well, you know, I, so I'm in a tri-state area. So Memphis is right, you know, Mississippi, Arkansas, and Tennessee. Uh-huh. So, you know, I mean, Malachi, he's just about three hours south or whatever, because right now, you know, we're in South Haven. So that's like a Memphis suburb. So that's technically Mississippi. But mm-hmm. anyways, yes, no, between Mississippi, Tennessee, Arkansas, they are always I don't know what they're doing because they be charging the hell out of me when it comes to this water bill. But I think that it's just really crappy infrastructure uh, as much mm-hmm. as we pay in taxes and stuff, you know, same old song and dance. I pay my taxes, but the <laughs> you know, the roads are shit. The pipes are shit. We're always under boil warnings. I don't know what it is. Mississippi, Tennessee, y'all need to get it together. Yeah. Cause, cause I didn't even know about boil warnings like that until I met y'all. I'm mm-hmm. like, damn, y'all always got to boil y'all water. Yeah. And you know, I was trying to understand like the, I don't know the science behind it, but I was asking my dad, I was like, so what is the the thing? Because also it's like a water pressure thing because a lot mm. of people were coming to get their hair washed just because they're like, oh, well, we didn't leave our faucets running. So now we don't have any water pressure or something. I don't understand it. They've explained it to me a million times. And it's just one of those things that I guess my brain doesn't like fully understand or saturate the information. But a lot of these pipes bust and I guess like buildup gets stuck in it. Or Don't get me to lie to y'all, but there's all kind of weird shit that gets in that water. So when they, if it gets to the point where, and you know, there's already weird stuff in it anyways. And Memphis actually, I will say has excellent water. Like our tap water is, is good. Like they say Dasani be stealing our water, you know? <laughs> so we have really good water here in Memphis, but when they say boil it, I'll go ahead and listen to them because who knows what it's in there already. So if it's at the point where they're like, nah, don't even take a bath in that shit, I, mm-hmm. I would just, you know, take that for face value and don't do it. Don't even give it to your animals. Always keep extra water around here because, like you said, they stay under a, bo- a boil warning. Mm-hmm. So now do do filters help the boil warning? Like if y'all have those like Brita filters and stuff or is it y'all still got to boil it? You can't just run it through a Brita. I wouldn't. I would boil it. Okay. If you could even... 
if you have to, like they're saying right now, you know, non-essential, uh, don't use your water for anything that isn't essential. So, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the toilet systems, washing hands, stuff like that. But, um, I would just always keep bottled water. I wouldn't even take a chance with any type of filtration system or anything like that. You know, you can buy like those little, um, gosh, what are those? Th they make me think of Alka-Seltzer, but you know, they're like for emergencies. You can drop. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even do that. I would just, uh, if you have bottled water, use that. And you know, you, I will say the boil warnings don't typically last too long. They're usually only a couple days and then they go away. I think so far it's been maybe three days. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, j just don't drink it. That's the main thing. <laughs> don't yeah. consume it. Because they're like, you can shower in it, but try not to drink it. And I'm like, well, obviously I'm not drinking my shower water, but, you know, I think. You're going to absorb. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's still, what, what the hell do you mean? I'm, it's still getting in my skin. So <laughs> it's a full, it's a full, but, you know, we're, I guess it could be worse. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot. I know even um, like during hurricanes. Because, again, you don't really want to be drinking that water. And one of the things, I remember me and Umbertone, we used to be on our prepper shit, boy. Like, all through, like, 2020, we'd just be sitting up watching prep videos. Like, get yeah. this. And one of the things that we were um, getting were these, it's like this, almost like an inflatable jug that's as big as a bathtub. I don't even know how to describe it. We just have all this prepper shit. And so you put it in your tub and you connect this hose to, like, your tub faucet part you know that comes out yeah and you turn it on and it fills up your whole tub into this big plastic container so you have a tub full of fresh water during a hurricane okay you know that's i saw invention. Uh, yeah that that really is because what i had always um or not always heard but i had heard one point and i'm like that's a really good idea is that some people you know always keep a uh, a trash can that you don't use you know for like your trash or whatever but like the really big ones mm -hmm. and whenever you know a hurricane's coming or just any type of inclement weather put a trash bag in it and fill that up with water and you know tie it up and you know try to you have that big barrel of water but that a bathtub full of water seems way more you know, mm -hmm. like that's a lot more that you can save than just like a huge ass trash. Yeah, can. I mean, you can drink the water, you know, that's coming out your tub. I mean, right. so you have like, you know, if your water is filtered or you have like a, what are those called? Those salt water tanks and stuff that filter your water in your home. You right. know, so it's just like drinking sink water. But yeah, and then it can last you out through the hurricane. So you have literally a tub full of water in this big plastic thing. It's, it's yeah, really cool. that, that That is a really, hell, I might need to invest in that as many yeah, warnings as we're under. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like 30 bucks. Like I yeah. have all this prepper sugar. I got like waterproof socks. <laughs> hey, it, you, you can call them. radio. <laughs> my homegirl, uh, her husband, whenever 2020, I remember I went over there and uh, I was actually like, oh, cool. But I mean, like they were showing me all their prepper stuff. And one thing, I don't know. It looked like a straw. And it's like if you need to drink out of like a pond or something. And oh, yeah. Like, yep. And it filters the water. Yeah. I was like, mm -hmm. that is really cool. Yep. Yep. There's all types of stuff, you know. And again, I mean, I haven't needed the bathtub thing. We haven't had any hurricanes. We just never know, you know, if the water goes out and something happens with the water system, you know, at least I have this where I can herp and fill up before the water goes out, you know? So it's just about being prepared and, and staying safe. And I, you know, before we end, because it's almost been an hour, I love this conversation. I think people need to get into the habit of checking the weather. 
you know, looking at your weather app, checking the weather and see what's going on in your neck of the woods. The same way you go on Twitter to see what's trending, the same way you walk to the shade room to see what latest gossip and teas being spilled. You have to get into the habit of checking your weather app and looking at the news. And, and you know, I watch the Weather Channel all the time. I know in our Telegraph group, we're always posting stuff. Like I know what the weather is in Memphis and in Mississippi. RG is going to tell me what's about to go down to Minnesota. You know, yeah. get with people who, you know, who are like-minded and just look out for each other. You know, so if I'm hearing that there's about to be a heat wave, I'll shoot y'all an article. And if they're hearing something up here, they'll shoot me articles. You know, we have to, you have to start putting weather into your psyche, just like everything else you know, just like food health and, you know, dieting and nutrition, like also keep an eye on the weather. Because like I said, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, they didn't know. And the news wasn't telling people, you know, the mayor didn't say anything. No, that's a lie. Because all of this news for this storm had been out. I know I started hearing about it six, seven days ago. And that's when everybody was jumping on it. The preppers, everybody was, you know, posting warnings on social media. But again, there's so many distractions. Look how everybody's so obsessed with this damn Tory and Megan trial. Oh, and yeah. Meanwhile, you know, look at this real life incident that's affecting real people, you know, as far as like, you know, the environment and stuff like that. So I just, you know, I don't worry about what other folks do on their channel. But when I get some information, I'm always going to pass that along to the tea sippers just because, you know, I, I don't play by my tea sippers. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Shout out to the tea sippers. And, um, you know, one like a little motto or whatever I've always went by is, is you know, it, it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. So sometimes mm. certain things might be like, oh, I don't really, you know, when will I ever use that? But just go with your intuition. And I don't, I really try not to, you know, get too sucked into the news, but any weather app, you can go your local weather app. I think I just use the weather channel. They'll send you alerts that there's some serious weather mm -hmm. going on. Check on your family, have a plan. You know, it, it seems sometimes like you're doing too much, but it's always better to just be prepared just in case. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely check on your family. If you know that there's going to be people who have disabilities or medical issues, make sure you have the things that you're going to need. Um, if you're on medication that you have to take to live, make sure you get your refills before the storms hit. Um, there was somebody whose baby was really sick. They had some type of breathing problem where they needed to be like on a ventilator and oh there was no God. power. So the mom and dad literally spent two days breathing into the baby's lungs to keep the baby alive. Cause there's that no is horrifying. Yeah. That is so, so things scary. like that, you know, when it's life and death, you have to have a generator. Yeah, absolutely. To, you yeah, know, because the second mom or dad can't breathe into the baby's lungs, the baby's dead, you know, but you know, a parent's love, they kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. And then finally emergency services was finally able to make their way, you know, to the home and get the baby to the hospital. But oh, that's a blessing. Yeah, yeah, if you have like a, a heart condition and you have to be like on a pacemaker, you know, asthma machine, make sure you have these backup generators. Um, so that way, at least it's fully charged and then you can move it to a higher area where you don't have to worry about having to have it plugged in, you know, until you can get help. But yeah, start really looking at things to prepare because this is just uh, the beginning. Yeah, winter just really started. Like, it's, yeah. I mean, at least here, usually it doesn't start getting cold till December. So, I mean, I'm kind of nervous to see what 
January and February. And I mean, we've even gotten snow before, like in March, but mm -hmm. this is just the beginning of winter for us. So, yeah, I know it's about to be 60 degrees, but still, I mean, who knows? It could drop down again. So, yeah, it's scary. I mean, and it's not just in America, even in Japan. They had a huge blizzard that they're trying to dig themselves out of. Um, there's flooding in, I think it was Jordan I had posted the other day. There was oh, like major yeah. flooding out there. So it's a lot of stuff that's going on globally with the weather in general. And, you know, unfortunately with climate change and, mm -hmm. you know, harp and whatever else. Yeah, mixture of everything. More of this. Yeah, it's going to be more of this, unfortunately. So the only thing you really can do is to just prepare as best as you can, you know, and just understand um, just little nuances, even something as simple as making sure your tailpipe doesn't get packed up with snow and stuff like that. So just really research this stuff, like, you know, what you can do to help yourself in case you're in a particular situation, because at this point, it's really coming down to life or death. I mean, the fact that over 50, they said it's up to like 57 people around the nation died just from yeah. this one storm is just incredibly scary. And then you even had the older gentleman he went to go to 7-Eleven in the middle of a blizzard and he froze to death. The guy breaking into the liquor store was just was insane. So I'm, I'm trying to, you, you can't know, make this up. You can't You're make in the this shit up. Breaking into liquor stores, people started looting. And I believe a lot of the people who were looting in Buffalo were people who are not prepared. So they were running out of food and water. So they went to go loot and that's no, that's not okay. But then I saw people looting from errands rental furniture store. Yeah. It's like, why are we opportunists? Yeah. You know, I seen people walking down the street with two big TVs. It's like, what are y'all doing? You know, I can even get the food and water for people who weren't prepared, but come on now, still in TVs and councils. It's, it's insane. So yeah, people just really need to watch out for stuff like that. But also, you know, when you can just, just try and your best to help people out, help each other out, feed each other information, things like that. Because at this point in time, you never know when you'll need somebody or when somebody might need you. Yeah. And also, um, I, I don't know if people realize, but uh, it is very, it, it's so much easier than you think to freeze to death. Anybody, my dad mm -hmm. actually died. Uh, he froze to death. And like, that's funny. He's alive now. I know that sounds good. But my dad, when he was probably about my age now, he, you know, young, dumb, uh, was drunk and just passed outside and it was really, really cold. And they found mm -hmm. his body the next morning and rushed him to the hospital. And I mean, he was pronounced dead. He literally froze to death. So it's a lot easier mm. than um, they were able to bring him back. But like his heart stopped everything. It's, it's a crazy story. Most people don't believe, but I swear it's real. <laughs> but um, anyways, yes, people can. It's very easy to freeze to death. So definitely, yeah. you know, be mindful of that you know, the liquor store and, and what have you might feel important. I know alcohol withdrawals can kill you, but if it ain't that serious, you know, maybe just sit it out for the night. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, on that note, you guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in once again to Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea, and my girl, Emily. We will talk to you guys later. Stay safe, stay prepared, and stay informed. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.